He is dead and I am pleased. Episode 2 I complete the session in a daze. I am thrown by the last statement uttered by my client. Shola. Afolarin, it couldn't be. Afolarin, my former client, who had told me inexplicably how much he had resented his wife. I thought that I had seen the last of Afolarin, but in death he still haunts me. I shudder at the memory of him, and now his widow, Shola, is my client. For a moment, I think about myself. I think about my pain and the emotional drain that I experienced having to work with Afolarin. He wanted her to submit to him. He raped her, belittled her, and now he is dead. The words of his now widow recite themselves in my mind. I have come to celebrate his death. Afolarin and I had worked together therapeutically. He was my client and I was his therapist. I had wanted to get to the bottom of what submission had meant to him, but he wasn't having it. In fact, I had felt tortured by his presence in the room. I remember how he had little consideration for me while he was in the therapeutic space, spreading his legs wide like an eagle, ready to swoop on its prey. I felt a wave of unease move across me as I remembered him. During our last session, he had told me that he had wanted to kill his wife, but that therapy had prevented him from doing that. What a horrible, dark piece of irony this was. I could almost feel his presence in the room as his widow celebrated his death and mentioned his name. She had laughed and laughed uncontrollably, making the hairs on the back of my neck stand. I had never experienced such a feeling in my life. I had to take many deep breaths while Afolarin was my client. My commitment to being non-judgmental was shaken and tested to the very core of my being. Congruence was many a time thrown through the window. I felt physically sick working with this client, but he kept returning session after session, to my dismay. I had experienced a deep hatred for Afolarin, most especially when he had confided in me what he had done to his wife. I had needed to process how he had beaten his wife, how he had raped her, and now... And now he was back. He was back in my space to terrorise me once more. I was equally afraid of this client. The mere mention of his name caused goose pimples to rise on the back of my neck. He had returned in the guise of his widow, Shala. Perhaps this was just my imagination. Surely Afalarin, my former client, could not be dead. Surely this couldn't be his long-suffering, traumatised wife now widow in my room laughing uncontrollably at his plight. I place my hands over my face. I am going to have to take this to supervision again. My thoughts return to Afolarin. 
I remember our final chilling session. He had told me that he had planned to kill his wife, but that therapy had prevented him from doing so. I check my time. I have five more minutes to prepare for Shola. I sit in silence, bracing myself for my session. My hands begin to tremble. She breezes in smiling. She is wearing a smart trouser suit that clings to her slim figure. How are you today? She asks confidently. I am well, I respond. I waste no time and delve into the work from our previous session. So when did your husband Afolarin die? I ask. She forms an irritated scowl on her face. Please refer to him as Afolarin, she responds. He ceased being my husband many years ago. He died with his pastor in a car crash, she said. He died on impact. It happened very quickly, I was told. I regret that, she said, and paused for a long moment. I wish he had suffered. I wish they had both suffered. I wish their pain had been prolonged like my pain. My pain never ends, just like the day he beat me up mercilessly, and I begged him to stop but he refused to. I tried to seek support from our then pastor, but he chastised me too. He said I had caused it, that I wasn't a submissive wife. I felt humiliated. I felt worthless. I felt like person non grata. I have asked myself on countless occasions why he hated me so much. I worked so hard to build a comfortable life for us both. I watch her in the chair, feeling an emotion of sadness rise up within me. I think about the irony of this situation. She appeared broken as she recalled the physical and sexual abuse meted out to her by her dead husband. I cannot tell Shala that her former husband sat in the very chair that she is sitting in. Client confidentiality remains present even in death. She has not laughed this session. She has started to open up about her story, her reason for needing therapy. I am reminded of the complexity of grief, the rage, the anger, the sadness, and the conflict of emotion that is grief. She sits there, looking at me, saying nothing. We sit in absolute silence for the remainder of the session. When it is time, she stands up and heads towards the door. See you next week, Bola, she says, quietly. See you next week, Shola, I respond. The session has now ended.